The first thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus with test subject Micah B. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy. The synaptic jolts that short circuited his world and efforts to rewire his mind and create a new life. Oh, and he's going to have brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. You're tuned to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus. I'm your host, Micah B-Side, and today we're going to continue our conversation with fellow adult-onset epileptic, Jessica Wright. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And once again... Thank you for joining us today. What could I have done younger to help this? Right, right. You know, we can't beat ourselves up over it. Definitely can't beat ourselves yeah. up, up over it. Because then if we do that, it's only going to add to the emotional fallout that happens. Um, because it's hard enough, you know. And that's something else that that Mark is is teaching me, is that the, the emotional fallout is, is naturally going to be heavy. Just that it is, you yeah. know, from these huge life changes and stuff. So there's no reason to dwell in that or or live on it because you're just gonna re you're you're just gonna amplify it. Um, yeah, it's focusing on the gratitude, focusing on the grateful, focusing on on things like that. Um, really helps me through. Really does help me through. I was an entertainer, bartender, and entertainer and radio broadcaster for the majority of my adult life, you know? Um, yeah. And so super social guy and being in a small town like this, you know, it's like we're always used to being out and about and, Hey, how you doing? And you know, it's, uh, it it's, makes it hard. Mm -hmm. It makes it hard. It makes it really, really hard. There are times where it's really, really easy for me to fall into that, that, um, habit of, dwelling on those people and that that have kind of disappeared who were there for the fun times basically you know and and to focus on the things that I can't do anymore but then I turn that dial turn that mm -hmm. dial and I remember okay you know I'm back in the valley near my son again and awesome. Yeah, we get to see each other more than twice a year, which is awesome. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, the pandemic, that was the killer about the pandemic for me, you know, I mean, everything else was like, well, I can't do that anyway. I can't do that anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but it really hit home for me when it, it was like, like, oh, no, Isaac's got sniffles or oh, no, I we can't come over because, you know, somebody got this and we have to be in you know, or, or on the other side, no, I can't come over because, you know, dad was over here and, and he hung out with somebody who tested positive and yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's when it really started to suck for me. And I was exactly. like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. This is, this is real. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I focus on, I'm back close to my son. Um, 
one of my best friends comes over, uh, hangs out with me, you know, a few times a week. He'll help me cook, you know, those things that cook those meals that are quote unquote too dangerous for me to be doing because my seizures are still pretty active. I'm seizing, I'm getting petty malls almost daily. And, um, the GTCs quite possibly once a week or once every other week right now. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're nocturnal. It's one of the reasons they want me to get the watch and the, and the camera, um, to find out what's going on. So, so then with them being when you, when it's the nocturnal, does that mean that like, since I haven't had them in the sleep, like, so are you more drained then? Cause I know even with it, when I've had them, they're during the day, they're in the morning, they're, you know, but you, your body is so drained. So do you feel even more like just drained? Cause then you can't sleep or like, how does that work for you? And with you having them so much, like, is it, that, that's gotta be taking it out of you and really yeah. challenging. Yeah. Um, getting through the day without having to take like a, a two hour nap is really difficult um really fuzzy right now and um i know i've gone through some some transitions so i'm trying to keep in mind that a lot of this could be the transitional you know moving back into the valley the the housemate change situation things like that so i'm trying to i'm trying to keep that in mind and, and focus that so I'm, I'm trying to ground myself right now but I've never really had great sleep. And it appears that like the big seizure they caught happened 4.53 a.m. Um, most of most of the uh, issues I seem to be having and when I wake up, it usually happens between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Okay. Somewhere around there. Um, I'll, I'll sleep fairly well between 10 and 2 and then Boom. It's like like weird, freaky dreams, hypersalivation, the tonic clonics. Um, I'll wake up and bed sheets over on one side of the bed, the bed covers over at the foot of the bed. Um, you know, pillows are off of the bed. I've knocked myself out of bed before. Oh, um, it, yeah, one of the reasons um one of the reasons I've decided to uh go ahead and dismantle that bed frame again. It's better, better safe than sorry. I completely agree. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, one of my best friends here, um, and head, head nurse, um, of one of the crisis intervention, um, divisions, actually the neurology department here in Valley View. Oh. Yeah. She's, she's big shit. She actually knows as much as a lot of the people I'm working with at UC health. Um, That's awesome. You got to. You got to keep her on hand. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> yes. um, she's offered to be a uh, seizure buddy when, as as much as she can when she's not on her twelve hour shifts or, you know, oh. I mean, I don't I don't want to be too much of a because uh, poor girl sees this shit every day, but she sees it from, you know, the the benzoid and the and the alcohol withdrawals. This valley's horrible for for addictions, but she was she slapped the mama into me you know what i mean yeah what the f are you doing doing that what are you doing not doing this and why are you doing this and i'm like 
Okay, mom. Okay. okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. But it's great to have an advocate like that on your side, you know? Um, yeah. Because yeah, cause it is. It's really easy to kind of fall into that, eh, what the hell? You got to take chances. But you don't want to fall too much into that. Um, don't get to, into the habit of taking stupid chances, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah exactly. And calculated risks. Much better yeah. way to put it, I guess. Yeah. Um, because we have to, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to sell myself short, um, for, for safety. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've kind of had, I've, I've had a pride about being able to take care of myself most of my life. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that kind of going with that, of you know, with the, my last two episodes being so close together and within that month time period, we all kind of talked about, okay, you know, do I move back? Do I get a roommate? You know? And it's like, but I've done it. I've done it for myself. Like I, I, you know, I've been on my own for three years. Like, like, no, but then, you know, it's like the people around you are trying to help. So, you know, you you know, you've got to compromise, you know, and not, but there's, but there's definitely, I agree with you. There's that part of your life. You want to ask for help, but you don't. And it's you and, and, and it's you that have taken care of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, the, the point you make about asking for help, I think there's a, that's a two layered sandwich there too, isn't it? Where, yeah, it's not only about, um, about feeling bad about yourself asking for like, Oh, I have to ask for help, you know, kind of feeling because yeah, we, we pride ourselves in our, uh, independence and stuff, um, ability to do things for ourselves. But it's also, it's a lot to ask somebody like weekly. Can you be, can you be my weekly chauffeur for, for groceries? Can you be my seizure buddy on the hill? Okay. So as we go out, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hike with you. Cool. Um, here's my rescue meds. And if I fall, here's how to use them. And I'll go on one walk with this person. And after I explain that, you know, it's like, then they're silent. I'm kind of busy. Yeah. The, the next yeah. one's like, mm, ah. so it's a lot to ask people. And so it's that, it's that double edged thing. Um, yes. A lot of it is that, is that, you know, Oh, why are you being so self prideful that you are you too proud to ask for help? Um, yeah. Part of it might be that, but part of it too is, do you understand what I need? Do you understand that if I ask for, do you, when, when you agree to help me, you're in for more than just helping your buddy move, you know? Yeah. I'm not yeah, just, exactly. yeah, this isn't just moving a couch, dude. <laughs> This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done.